Management Show and Podcast, The Good Life. On the line with me today is Scott Silverman, and he is a crisis coach and other things and is involved very heavily in uh, anti-drug matters. And good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm great, Cole. Really, really nice to hear from you. So how is the uh, COVID-19 affecting the drug trade right now? We were talking a little bit about that yesterday. It seems to have brought out some of the worst of the people. Well, you know, I'm here in San Diego, California. We're, we're obviously a border town, if people don't know that. And it was interesting, just the other day, the DEA discovered a tunnel that had been built underground. It's not, un- not uncommon over the years where tunnels were being used from Tijuana, Mexico, uh, to go underground through the fence and then come up in you know one of the local uh, border communities. So another tunnel was just discovered the other day. I think the president was actually talking about that when he was making some updates uh, around the, the virus. So what we're what we're seeing, and I think the country's seeing, is with everybody hunkered down right now and trying to stay safe, I think the the drug distribution industry, and I call it that because that's my competitor. You know, I'm I run a outpatient program confidential recovery and my crisis coaching business is to help people get into treatment so i see the drug distributor and the king slings as my competition so what's happening is they're taking advantage of the opportunity or we're just it's just more glaring now because they're they're the only ones walking around if you will kind of like the zombie uh, that can survive in this environment with 80 percent of the country being asked to stay at home um, some of the things become a little more glaring so you know we're seeing methamphetamine that's coming out of mexico uh all over the place uh, we understand that fentanyl distributions increase as well but also when you look at the dark web which is where a lot of drugs come from you know whether it be china making fentanyl mexico with methamphetamine or other uh, medications uh, if you counterfeit medications coming through the dark web and, and of course people being home gives them an opportunity to do a lot more experimenting and a lot more consumption of mood altering substances so we're, we're in this unfortunate perfect storm and i'm just hopeful that people you know hear this message and and think they have a problem with a family member they're able to make a phone call and if you're okay with a cult i'll just give my number out because i encourage people you call you call me directly okay it's uh, 619-993-2738 619-993-273 or just google me scott my middle initials h silverman and text me or email me and if i can do anything to help you and your family you know i'm not in your community but i've dealt with substance abuse and helping people with treatment and getting access to treatment and there's tons of information on the web where people can actually call crisis hotline if they're thinking about you know suicide or they're depressed or they're anxious and you know in this environment who isn't depressed or anxious with what's going on around us even if you live alone on an island but you're still hearing the news it's a little scary, if not a lot scary, about what's going on right now. So I hope that answers your question. Sure, and and it is. I, things right now are very, very touch and go for the most part. People that are way too flippant about it and thinking, oh, this is this is not anything. And I was talking with one of my guests uh, just yesterday on an interview, and we were talking about the young people and their complacency about the the and how many of these kids. Um, especially shown in new, uh, I'm sure everywhere, but they're seem to be prevalently in the news that are out here going to these. This is just a given. This is going to 
some of these kids that are out there thinking that this has no effect on them are bringing it home and going to kill a relative. And that sounds cool, right. but that's the reality of it. Uh, or their or their relatives, you know, might have been at the store or getting gas, touched a you know pump or went to Walmart, you know, and touched a cart. You know, I'm I'm watching on the news this morning. You know, I guess we're over a million cases now, globally. Yeah. And or no, it's in in the U.S. is that something like 240,000 roughly. So it's not slowing down clearly. And you know, there's no particular part of the was 150 countries, I believe. The president said the other day it's been impacted. So this thing is. You know, it's an airborne virus, and it doesn't have any zip code specific arena, and it's got no restrictions. And I think, as Fauci, the expert, says, you know, we're get, the virus is going to tell us when things are going away. We're not going to be able to. And right now, all the data shows over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see some major issues, uh, you know, escalating in every major metropolitan area and even small rural areas because if you're if you're getting gas or you're going to the store you got to go to the doctor or you're out in the community or you got to get food or supplies or you got to get stuff for your cattle it doesn't really matter but if you're around any other person um that there's a chance that if they're a carrier you're going to get exposed to it so and, well, you know, i remember you watching you know what was going on in florida cult where they were talking about what was going on with spring break you know spring break was going on everywhere but florida obviously has a huge destination and, you know, I know the governor in that state was hesitant about shutting it down. Obviously, it's a big revenue source. I mean, I'm in San Diego. We have SeaWorld here. We have sure. the San Diego Zoo. We've had everything closed. Our beaches, our bays, our parks, the zoo, you know, uh, Legoland, Disneyland's closed. So you got to know that if every major business is shutting down to try to protect themselves and their customers, that everyone's going to be exposed to this one way or another. And if you're not literally physically exposed to it, you could have a family member who's not following the rules, and they're going to end up losing their life simply because they didn't follow the rules. Right, exactly. And see now, now I'm in. A, you, you brought up the rural area. I'm in a rural area. I live out in Bandera, Texas, which is about an hour out of San Antonio. And and here's what we're seeing locally. And this is kind of crazy. Somebody brought this up on Facebook the other day that. Uh, you know, we have small stores, community stores, and, and locally owned operators. Um, and people are going into the store and seeing crowds of people there, and they don't know half of them, which is unusual because we got store here. We pretty much know everybody because we're in a small environment. Um, and now what they're what they're figuring out is is that. Since all the shelves have been stripped in San Antonio, some of the people are driving an hour out here and hoarding materials out of the stores here. So it's it's uh, yeah it, it's it's being widespread because those people are, are not you know going out in the country to be safe. What we look at it from our perspective is they're bringing it to us. Right, and unbeknownst to them, because they may be, you know, asymptomatic, meaning they're carrying it, but they're right. not, you know, they don't have any symptoms. So, you know, that there was a, I saw a blurb this morning about <clears throat> if you're out of work right now and you have a little bit of money, it might be a good time to take a vacation. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to get in your RV and you're going to drive someplace? Everywhere you're going, things are closed down. So, you know, going back to your earlier question, you, when you think about it, you've got the drug distributors who are, you know, bringing in the product to our country because, you know, America has always been a huge consumer of mood-altering substances more than most countries in the world. 
And imagine, you know, you're not in school now. You have, you can't go to the mall. You can't hang out with your friends. You you're asked not to. You may be doing it. And you know, you you you're not happy with what's going on. You've got all this free time. We're going to see substance abuse is already escalating now, and we're going to see people suffering from addiction who can't get to their substance abuse distributor, and they're going to be, you know, sitting at home detoxing, trying to, or jonesing, and they're going to substitute, start mixing drugs and alcohol, and we're going to see the morbidity rate continue to climb. I mean, I was just working with someone over the weekend I hadn't met yet, and I just found out today that、um, they unfortunately expired over the weekend. They took their own life, or it was an overdose. I haven't heard yet, and we just actually had someone jump out of a building. Recently, here in San Diego,、uh, taking their own life, kind of like the depression, you know, that happened where people were just, you know, jumping off of rooftops because of the stress and and what happened with their portfolios. Right, right, and and a lot of it is is that human human beings just tend to be that reactionary reactionary anyway.、Um, this this is an illness. It's a virus. We've had viruses before, and. It's a very, very significant one that we have to be cautious about.、Uh, there's, you know, the gloom and doom side of it. Well, it, it's serious. Take, take it serious. But everything doesn't stop. Doesn't need to stop because of it. They just have to find alternate ways. And one of the things that I find kind of interesting about it is that I think is a. Bonus that is coming out of this already is being seen and, and some chatter on the, the、uh, internet about it. Is family bonding is coming back, and it's because the kids can't run off and go to the theater, go to the mall. The malls aren't even open. Bonding is coming back, and it's because the kids can't run off and go to the theater, go to the mall. The malls aren't even open. So during the quarantine, these family people are staying at home and and、uh, spending time together, and and there's an added benefit to that. It's a social connection that really has gotten more and more distant over the last decade. Especially with the computer and everything else, and modern transportation. So, you know, there, there's some positives coming out of it anyway.、Um, it's going to be interesting to see the the long long term effects. Part, and I agree. You know, it's interesting. The kids are hunkered down because they can't leave, but so are their parents. If you think about it, so are couples. You know, my wife and I have been in. You know, we've been sheltering in place for nearly three weeks now. We thought we got exposed to somebody. A few weeks ago, and I'm at that demographic age where I'm a little more susceptible. I don't have any underlying issues, but I've literally not left my house but twice. And my oldest is going to bring groceries to us today. Thank God we have her to help us. And people are getting things delivered to the house. So I think you're right. It's a chance for people to kind of revisit. And it's interesting because when you think about it, probably a lot of people have not spent this kind of time together as a family, and they're kind of relearning. How to do that? How do you spend eight, ten, twelve, fifteen waking hours together in a home? Even if you're in a different room, you come together probably more for meal time more than ever. And you know there are scientists that say one of the biggest deterrents for kids getting in trouble 
or long-term issues with children who aren't behaving appropriately, whatever that's defined as, is being able to sit with family two or three times a week at dinner and kind of interacting and doing, you know, brain dumps and heart dumps and sharing with each other. And you're right, that's coming back in a way, forcing everyone's hand. And I think you're right. If there's a if there's a light at the end of the tunnel from a standpoint of human relations, I think we're going to see some um, some obvious real changes. On the other hand, the downside, there are some real issues going on with domestic violence as well, where parents are stressed and kids are are the are the are bearing the brunt of it as well, which is scary. But I I think all in all, you know, things happen for a reason. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm, I'm I know we'll get to the end of it, and I know what things are going to change at some point. I just hope that. You know, we all remember what each one of us needs to do each day to, to love somebody and to give back and to be, you know, to be present as much as possible and practice self-care. Well, and that's it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of that that, that people are going to pick up that, that has just gotten lost in the last couple of decades. Um, I mean, our culture um, actually lived like this before the computer era. I mean, we, you know, this is the way people live. Uh, they came home in the evenings, they had dinners. Uh, if they lived out in the rural areas, the kids were home anyway. And and so it, there's, there's going to be some pluses and minuses coming out of this. I think we're going to probably see a surge of art come out of this um, because now the people, screenwriters and everything else, um, now have time to do their writing that they always found other excuses not to do. Uh, and people are going to chronicle this whole event. So there's going to be things coming out of this that'll be interesting for sure in the future. And it's a learning experience. Hopefully they will learn from this uh, how to be better prepared for the next time. But I'll say that overall, in the United States, we've done very well. I think the right calls and the right decisions were made. And I've owned several small businesses, and this is crippling to small businesses. But what good is owning a small business if, if half your employees die, uh, you know, or, or get you sick and you die, or, or whatever? But the the amount of quarantine that they've put into place has benefited to slow this virus way down. Um, the long-term effect as to whether it's successful or whether it's just extended out over time, well, one of the things is, even if you consider it being extended out over a period of time, is the amount of medical resources that are available. Um, if you only have one physician per thousand patients and you can't do anything else, if you spread it out over several months, that physician will only have to handle 250 patients. So the resources will be more readily available if the virus can be slowed down, which it has. I think without everything that has been done, I believe this would have been far earlier catastrophic by now. So, well, I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right because all this, you know, the statisticians right now, and you look at what's going on in New York and. Chicago and Boston and Florida, you know, and up in Washington, of course, I'm in California and, you know, we're seeing it, you know, on the rise, but, you know, our state, I believe, jumped on it pretty early. And, you know, when it comes to going to work, California is rather go surfing and now they can't because the beaches are closed. So uh, 
they're they're trying to stay at home, but you know you can't go out because there's nothing open. So it's right. an interesting catch twenty two. So I absolutely hope you're right, and you know that ratio of doctors to to patients. Uh, all that kind of went out the window when all of a sudden the average doctor maybe had 10,000 patients now versus a thousand if they could manage them and the hospital is full and people are you know waiting in hallways so it's uh, it's not an easy time right now and it's not a fun time but you know we'll, we'll get through it and, and I, I think we'll be better smarter and um, probably a lot more prepared next time well and, and absolutely and I was talking to somebody the other day about this that, that a lot of people um I was many, many years ago um, an EMT and paramedic, and uh, decades ago. And the thing that that people need to understand is that it's not just the virus. The virus is bad enough, but if you have a car accident on the way to go get groceries during the pandemic, or you don't think it's a big deal, so you're driving around the state and you're involved in an accident and you're seriously injured, what you would have survived two weeks ago, you could easily die from today because the resources simply aren't there to take care of you. Um, yep. The medical staff is all tied up. Everybody, you know, the ventilators may be tied up. Even if the ventilators aren't, the doctors may be working in the quarantined area and they can't just walk out of that and go to the ER um, and some of the specialists and things that, that make the trauma team um, uh, for the same people that are working on the, the coronavirus so yep. the people that some of the people are going to be casualties that aren't even going to be listed as part of the statistics because they truly didn't have the coronavirus but they truly were a casualty of the coronavirus. That's what Italy was talking about, was that Italy had a lot of, of casualties that weren't necessarily coronavirus patients, but they were patients who needed emergency care and their, the facilities were not there for them. And it makes a... No, makes I hear what you... I was just talking to somebody the other day and they weren't feeling well and they spoke to their doctor and their doctor said, look, unless you need a higher level of medical care for you to go into an emergency room right now, if you don't have the virus, you could potentially contract it there because you're right, that's where the incubators are in those emergency rooms, not by anyone's design, but by happenstance. So uh, even if you broke an arm today and you had to go to ER to get it fixed because your doctor's, you know, at home and doing only telemedicine, you run the risk. So it's an interesting, perfect storm, as I said earlier, because to your point, it's it's a really unusual situation. You run the risk. So it's an interesting, perfect storm, as I said earlier, because to your point, it's it's a really unusual situation. So anyway, you know, I'm here to do what I can to be of service to others, and I can do most of what I do by phone. And, you know, I just did my first Facebook Live piece today, and somebody was home and said they're depressed, don't know what to do. And I said, well, you're on Facebook. We're talking. How can I help? And, you know, she just said, look, just knowing you're there is helpful, and thanks for your phone number, and I hope to call you later. 
I've actually, since I've been on the phone with you, I've had three phone calls coming in. So hopefully it's people that are looking for someone to talk to about, you know, what do I do if I'm feeling this way and I can't get a hold of my doctor or I, I can't go to my meeting or I don't know who to speak to and my family won't talk to me or I don't know who to call. You know, call somebody. And I really tell people that. Please call someone. Do not sit in isolation. It is our enemy, especially now. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm big on the veterans program. I'm a vet myself. And the, uh, the suicide rate of the veterans is, is disgustingly high. We play into it as well. Um, but yeah, the... The medical, the medical clinics, the hospitals, and everything like that, that's the last place you want to go. I've canceled one procedure, and I've got another one, ironically, coming up in four or five days. Probably, if I can, I'm going to cancel it myself, because I've been pretty much, since this first broke out, I've pretty much been self-isolated, uh, because, for one, I live in a rural area, and the only thing I leave the property for is to go get horse feed and essentials and then I'm right back to the place but part of it is, is aside from my age is I'm already a cardiac patient with a pacemaker and three cents and I have pulmonary issues I do not want this virus it very easily would be the last thing I caught <clears throat> so I've been avoiding populated areas like the plague so and I think a lot of people need to realize how how serious this is and and to, you know, definitely be in touch with people. You can't just lock in and shut in and turn all the lights out and hang out in the dark. That that won't do anybody any good. So, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's put your phone number out there one more time. Go ahead and give it to people. And your, your I guess, is the company name that you've got that's the Confidential Recovery? Or? Yeah, ConfidentialRecovery.com is the outpatient program. We're still seeing clients because we can still socially distance in our classroom. And it's only an outpatient program. And yourcrisiscoach.com is my crisis coaching site where I help families navigate, you know, when they call me and they, they don't know where to go or how to go or if they really have a problem. What I try to do is make the appropriate referral or at least show them how in their community they can at least get online and make some queries and, and get some information. Then my phone number is uh, 619-993-2738. That's 619-993-2738. And anybody in the country that hears that number can call or text me and we can certainly get on the phone jump on a call and talk about what next steps look like and how i might be able to help them uh, move you know to the next level of, of how to call what to call who to say what to and how to ask the questions and if nothing else just know that they've got someone that they can talk to that, that helps people a lot um if they do they just reach out and talk to somebody so that is good and it sounds like you're staying busy right now with everything too this coronavirus is certainly not helping that and and i know you know there's an awful lot of people that are out of work now uh it's affected the household here and and so i i know exactly that's a, a major deal and in the long run it's going to be a question of how long this is going to going to pass before it is, you know, safe to resume a more, a more normal. So, uh, my hopes are that they find a, a vaccine and a cure for it in fairly short order uh, that, you know, at least a, a definitive treatment. Okay, you're going to be sick for a few days, but you'll be fine. When it gets to that point, it'll be a lot safer, but we're 
not there yet, and we're we're certainly not at a point where I saw where they're testing on people who've had the coronavirus and getting them to donate blood to see if they can create antigens to it uh, has some hope. So I don't know. I you know these things take so doggone long to get cleared when they get working on them. Hopefully they'll get get some relatively soon. Yeah. Listen, Colt, one more thing I want to share with you before we go is um, Confidential Recovery. We're a licensed facility here in San Diego, outpatient program, and it's licensed by the state, or certified by the state of California. As of last Friday, we were just blessed and, and got a contract with TriWest. And TriWest is the insurance carrier that deals with all non-active duty veterans here in San Diego. So we're just getting the word out that we're going to now be able to start seeing veterans and hopefully some of their family members as well now that we're in network with them. So we're very excited about that. And I worked on this for nearly a year. You know, San Diego is one of the biggest veterans communities in the country. So we're real excited at Confidential. And if anybody has any questions about that, uh, obviously here in our community, but, you know, knowing that there's opportunities for veterans like they've never had before. And I know the VA has been a tough place to navigate, but the confidential recovery, we're going to be opening our doors and setting up a special track, working with veterans and the trauma they've experienced and the PTSD they've gone through. And, and we're real excited. And, and, and we're going to be working with telehealth. So hopefully a lot of our curriculum will be online to make it easy for people, you know, if not to get a full comprehensive, you know, treatment program, but at least get started, sign up, and then we get you in the portal so you can start dealing with some of the addiction issues and some of the behavioral health issues and some of the depression issues. And that's what we do. And we used to work with first responders and still do. So military to me has always been a first responder. and We're excited to be part of that new uh, that new foundation as well. Well, and that's great. I'm always glad to hear more resources out there for our military people um, that are dealing with the, the depression and alcohol and drug abuse. Absolutely. That's a, a, a bad situation there, and a lot of it, unfortunately, uh, I've got absolutely ridiculous uh, that, that they should have to fight as hard as they do uh, to get even enough for a basic living economy. Um, the homeless veteran popular. The problem with a lot of people don't understand that these people are eligible for benefits. VA isn't possible. So in addition to whatever issues they've got going on, PTSD and so forth, they may or may not be getting enough disability to live on. And it's all caught up in the red tape and, and uh, the whole process of dealing with the uh, BBA, the Veterans Benefit Administration, um, puts a lot of that stress on these veterans. So money doesn't fix anything, but it sure will afford you a place with a roof over your head as opposed to a cardboard box in an house. So that's, I'm glad to hear that y'all are getting involved in helping them. Well, you know, I was a I was a homeless provider for 18 years, and 40% of our clients were always veterans. And then, you know, we have a, <clears throat> a huge veteran population here, and we're we're gonna we're gonna find ways to do whatever we can to help. So you've heard all this before. <laughs> or, well, you know, defenders, and you know, we had a lot of people that were you know veterans coming out of the jail and the prison system, and. You know, I, I helped them because the traditional VA vein wouldn't work with ex-offenders. So that was my special population I worked with. So being able to swing back around now and help them with substance abuse treatment 
you know, it's, it's, it's a passion of mine, but it's a real honor as well. Taking the time to be on my show this afternoon. And uh, one more time, go ahead, put your phone number out there again. <clears throat> okay. And then I'll let you go for the afternoon. Oh, great call. Anyway, it's Scott H. Silverman. I, I say it that way because you can Google me and find me on at yourcrisiscoach.com or confidentialrecovery.com and call me at 619-993-2738 anytime. Text me or call me and I'll get back to you as quick as I can. And I really appreciate the opportunity, Colt, to get the information out there and let people know there is hope, there is help, and think of me as a resource. Absolutely, sir. And... Folks, have a good afternoon. This has been Colt Kaufman with The Good Life, and my guest has been Scott H. Silverman. And we appreciate Scott. You have a great day, and, and uh, anything develops or comes up in the future that you'd like to get back on the show and cover some things, give me a call. Just send me a message. We'll, we'll set it up. Sounds good, my friend. Take care of yourself. All right, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.